Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello everyone, welcome to Sky Sports Fantasy Football Game Week 12 preview with myself, Luke, and Niall. Niall, how are we doing, mate? We are doing good. Uh, An actual decent game week for once. Mm, Um, I noticed. Despite some injuries and some rotation, but I feel like that was par for the course for most people. So yeah, I'm actually smiling this week. How about you? Yeah, I mean, mine was okay. I think um, my rank went up about 300 places, which... Uh, is okay, you know, I'll take it. I noticed yours was, because obviously I do the ranks for the intro screens there, I think it jumped by about a thousand places, I don't know if you're aware of that, so you obviously had a pretty good week overall. Um, I didn't really notice anyone do particularly well for my team, apart from obviously Salah as captain, thankfully got him back in, otherwise I'd have, yeah, that would have been the game over. Um, The rest of my team, though, from memory, weren't particularly good. Uh, Rudiger, I think, got seven points, maybe? Maybe I made that up. Um... Cancelo got some bonus. Yeah, Mendy got his typical world star performance whenever he turns up. Uh, a sea of twos from my midfield: Gallagher, Rafinha, and Embuemo. Obviously, two of them went off injured again. Uh, Christensen uh, didn't play, and Kane was a lovely two-pointer. So really, my points came from Salah, captain, more than anyone else. Rudiger, Mendy, as I've already mentioned, and then Abamyang was in this team was my captain over across those sort of two games, but obviously only one of them actually features in this week, I think. So, um, yeah, he served his purpose on that Friday night. So, yeah, uh, what did I get in the end? 113, which I thought was okay, but obviously it's not particularly good. What, what did you end up getting? Yeah, I think 113 is probably about the average, I would say. I got 125, which isn't a huge amount more. Like you, I had a sea of two-pointers from my midfield. Mm. Um, I also had Christensen and Azpilicueta, who d- didn't play and subsequently are nursing some injuries. Uh, so that's a worry. Rafinha went off injured. El is getting an operation on his hand. So between Azpilicueta's shoulder, Christensen's teeth, and Elianusi's hand. I've got some really <laughs> interesting injuries right there, but um, hopefully they're all going to be fine. Um, but yeah, so on the upside, as you say, Rudiger, seven. Had Cancelo, who who brought in at the weekend, you know, didn't get the clean sheet, but picked up six points. Exactly what you want from a defender like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aubameyang was captain on Friday. And I actually, 
made a bit of a knee-jerk move on Saturday that paid off. I took out Alonso after after kind of admitting defeat, I think, on him. Mm, um, yeah. The advice we gave was to hold. We, we held for two of the plum fixtures. Um, seeing the lineups, seeing that Chilwell was in again, made me think that Alonso was going to fall on the wrong side of the rotation wheel. So I actually took him out directly for Chilwell and I captained Chilwell and I got 28 points for my captain. Wow. So I was, yeah, that was, I'm pretty smug about it, but genuinely the transfer was made with about 30 seconds to go at the deadline. <laughs> it's not my, it's not my normal approach, but listen, you've got to live a little sometimes and it did pay off this time. Who knows it won't pay off next time, but um, yeah, so pretty delighted with that and uh, carrying the Chelsea defence still into this, into this week. So hopefully Christensen and Aspilicueta can, uh, can recover from their, their, bizarre injuries yeah um i mean i i went to cancelo from alonso in the end so got some points I, I did weigh up Chilwell, and i was strongly considering it but i think it's probably just my experiences of the chelsea defense for the last few weeks and it's just like cancelo feels like an auto pick for me and obviously you brought him in as well right i think over the two cancelo is probably a better long-term pick i mean unless Chilwell is going to play every week and and score every week of course <clears throat> so I'm happy with that. Obviously, if you gave me the option to, can I slip Chilwell in there right now? I mean, I'd love to. The guy's absolutely smashing it. And um, Christensen, I, I suppose maybe we should talk about this really quickly. I don't know whether it's in our questions that we're going to move up, but I've still got him. You've obviously still got him as well there. Any plans to move him? Because I think it's getting to that point now, isn't it? Where it's, or maybe, maybe you could argue it's past the point where people have lost some patience with him. Yeah, I think a lot of people have lost patience with him. Um I'm personally going to hold just for now. I, I, probably against my, my uh, probably against my better thoughts, but um, I think that if he is fit at the weekend, he's likely to play. Um, given given that he's not played now in a little while, and uh, some of the other players like Shalaba and uh, I know Reese James played centre back the other night, but they've both played twice, and Aspilicueta might be injured. So I think if he is fit, he will play at the weekend. Um, I think you're right. I think though, medium to long term, he probably is someone I'll need to shift. But I would say that if you look at the, if you look at his overall minutes this season, the games he's been resting, I think he's, whether he was down with his tooth injury at the weekend or he was genuinely just rotated, I think it probably was the fact he was rotated because he wasn't the bench. But he might have been carrying something that they just thought will not bother with him. But if you look at the games that he's been, he's played, he's actually overall played a pretty high proportion of Chelsea's minutes across all competitions. The unfortunate thing is he keeps getting rotated in the league, which is which is just I think a combination of bad luck and um, maybe just the fact that Shalabar's been playing really well, and so he's he's proven that he can he can handle it at that level. But I'm going to keep my eye on Christensen. I, I don't think I'm moving him yet, but I did say that about Alonso a fortnight ago, and here we are, and he's at the team. So yeah. yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt he's he's on. He's probably on the chopping block. He's the he's the odds-on favourite to be the next player to be removed from a team. But, yeah, yeah. I think you, you, and one of your teams, you, at least you'd had him before. Have you, have you removed him now? No, no. I've I've ended up keeping him. I mean, I had loads of other fires, so it was more a, a fact that someone's got to stay, and he seemed like the lesser yeah. of many evils. Just because, I mean, I've got his his points up on the screen here. Um, you know, when he plays, he's just goals. He he gets ten. He's got ten points uh, three times. He's got five points against Liverpool. I mean, not many people are going to manage that, right? He got seven points against Spurs. There's literally the only games, the only game um, that he's played and not returned any decent points was against Man City, where he got one point. Everyone else, he's got at least five, and more commonly ten or seven. So it's exactly what we expected from him. Um, 
you know, you're going to miss out occasionally with him, but when he plays, he's going to be absolute gold. And I still think across this across the season, maybe I'm being stubborn, um, that he's going to end up being one of the better scorers in that bracket for defenders still. You know, there's, I mean, there's players like Lewis Dunk, for example, where if Brighton suddenly put a string together and he's playing every week and Christensen continues to miss out, I may just bite the bullet. But as of right now, I'm going to keep hold of him. And I do think once the Champions League kicks in properly later on, um, and Thiago Silva as the season drags on. I mean, he's managing to play quite a lot of games at the moment. We've seen what happens with him. He breaks down usually, generally, as it goes along. That he might not become a problem. He might actually be a really good option moving forward as well. So more in hope than anything, but I'm holding. So if anyone else is in those positions, uh, you know, if you if there's a player out there that you really want to get instead of him, I think that he's a top-tier player, like a Cancelo or whatever, I don't have a problem with moving on. But I think if it's just a minor inconvenience, I think leaving him is 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 a play to be honest personally <clears throat> right i think we're going to move straight into the questions aren't we because we've had quite a lot this this week so thanks a lot guys for sending them in and this is the thing with sky sometimes week to week there isn't too much to talk about in terms of making transfers obviously our message is normally always to try and save them as best you can because we try to pre-plan for a few weeks obviously with the fixtures at our disposal no surprises um, there's not too much to mention. However, we keep getting injuries and stuff, and obviously you guys are fired in the questions, so we're going to move on to them. So, Niall, if you want to um, start smashing them out, we'll get through them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you say, like my normal strategy to Sky is that you make some transfers early on in the season, set your team up, and then October, November, the autumn months are really the period that you save the transfers and sit on your hands a little bit. Um I think this season, given the number of questions that we've received, clearly there's a lot of people who are nursing injuries and they've got some big dilemmas in their team. And, you know, you can't run away from transfers when you absolutely need to make them. So it's it's unfortunate. We, I think we both made at least a couple at the weekend. You're going to have to do it at some point if you've got, you know, players like Alonso in your team, then, you know, I'd probably urge you now to, to look at shipping them on. Um, so, yeah, and I know there's been a lot of injuries too, so... Lots to, lots to talk about. And actually, the first question coming in from uh, Liam Rayner. Liam, uh, who has Rhea, unfortunately, and what bad luck that is. He's been looking really good. And just before the great fixture run, he goes and gets injured for a few months. Um, and actually, I think in the game, there isn't a, there isn't an alternative. There's not. Goal no. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even move him on to, mm. to the cheaper alternative. Um, maybe they'll add someone before the weekend. Anyway, so Liam's question is, if you had to now replace Rhea, would you move for Mendy? Although, given AFCOM late in December, that means booking in a likely additional pre-order transfer. Or Martinez, given he's the single game day and he's cheaper. Thank you very much. What do you think about that one? I'll come to you first. Yeah, it's a, it's a killer that Ray got injured because he is that cheapest playing goalkeeper right now, isn't he? And I, I've been an advocate of you can do that absolutely fine if you don't do Mendy. It's literally those two are my favourite picks. Um, <clears throat> I personally would just move to Mendy. If he can do it and he's got the money, I just think he's the best keeper in the game by a long stretch. And yeah, he may miss a couple of games over African nations. Um, you know, he may miss more if they go far in a tournament, but you can't predict that. You know, he could end up only playing the initial stages maybe. Um, and it's a long way away where you could move to another goalkeeper now and they could get injured and then you'd have to make another goalkeeper transfer anyway. Um so I would just get in who you think is the best option and is going to score a, but, a buttload of points until we get to December, and I think that's Mendy. So that that's what I would say. And then if he doesn't play for two or three weeks, 
you could maybe look at moving him out then, but then obviously you've got the overhaul around the corner, so you make a judgment at that point. Maybe you don't move him out, maybe you just keep him if he's only going to miss two or three or whatever. That that's that's my feeling anyway. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. Like, it's difficult to overlook Mendy when you see the way he's playing. Um, I mean, Chelsea's. We don't talk a lot about expected goals in this pod, podcast, but if you look at the expected goals that Chelsea have had against them, the reason they've kept clean sheets at times is because of Mendy. Yeah, and the guy's capable of getting. I think similarly to to Martinez last season, he's this season's Martinez basically, yeah, isn't he? Really in an even better defense, if anything. Yeah. So capable of getting saves, capable of picking up man of the match awards, and you know clean sheets are coming in by the bucket load. So I I do I do think Mendy's the best option, and I and I get what he's saying. Does mean you're going to book another transfer? Um, you could make the argument that Martinez, given he's got the single game day, would open without yeah, scoring. Yeah, he is a good option, Martinez, isn't he? It is. It's not a very like definitely Mendy for me, but I just edge slightly there because yeah, like I think said, if you three fast of... forward. Two or three games. Is it definitely one game he's got a captain? Is it two even? I might I might have two. I'll have a look at the fixtures in a minute. Yeah, well you could probably depending <coughs> on what happens with Rafinha, we think he's gonna be okay, but you could bring him in on Sunday and captain him this weekend if you didn't have anyone else. Yeah, good. Point, um, yeah. and then you could captain him against Southampton. So I mean if, if that's the situation, I could I could I could see it. Um but I do think you're gonna to get to Boxing Day or whenever the players go off to the African Cup of Nations. And you're going to look back and think, oh, Mendy's outscored him by a hell of a lot. And it's probably going to be, I think, enough to justify making a transfer at a later date. Uh, that's how good Mendy is. But I could be proved wrong. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, Capkin FPL is asking, saying, he says, it's his first time playing and having a good season, he thinks. He's 2,700 in rank. That's a pretty decent rank for someone who's playing it for the first time. Um, and he is asking... How many transfers do I need to hold? Guessing these transfers will be useful in double game weeks to come. So thanks for that, Capkin. Absolutely, you're, you're right. I mean, I think right now, the rule I think people follow broadly, it doesn't need to be this absolutely week to week. I think people are trying to follow the one transfer per game week, roughly. Mm. Um, so we're 10, approaching 10 game weeks in, in terms of match days played in now. So I think anything around the 30 mark I think is is on track at the moment I don't know yeah. if you would disagree with that I think that's probably about the, the where you want to be um, right now maybe slightly more but I think 30 would be solid um, especially given his rank's pretty good and yeah absolutely as you say transfers at the end of the season are like gold dust they're, they're so important especially mm. if there's massive amounts of carnage and chaos and um Games being rearranged here, there, and everywhere, and I would say that given the quality of some of the top teams in England this year, chances are a lot of them are going to go very deep in the champ in the Champions League. So, um, and probably in the domestic competitions as well. So, I I can see there being quite a lot of rotating like games getting plonked in on a on a random Thursday night here and there, and you you do, you do really I think you can cash in on those later in the season. So, bear in mind that if you make a transfer now, you're probably going to be starving yourself of maybe a single match day player later in the season where a lot of others who've used those transfers don't have that don't have that asset up their sleeve so yeah i'd say just if you need to make transfers to sort your team do them you know if they're players that are out and they're injured and they're not going to be playing make the move but luxury transfers you might regret that later in the year yeah i've got nothing to add i fully agree and if you've got if you're sitting around 30 great if you've got more than that 
absolutely fantastic. You know, if you've used a little bit more, not really a problem. You just have to think about buttoning down the hatches now, basically. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Totally. Okay, so the SB6005149, really rolls off the tongue, that name. Um, <laughs> he has Pinnock, who he believes is injured. Um, he's going to move him to Livermento. Good fixtures, good form, and a captaincy day. I mean, I, I've been talking up, at least in my head, I've been talking up Livermento for a long time now. You have, yeah, to me he, at least. Yeah, he, he looks great. And he saw it the weekend. I mean, he was playing like a winger. He's, I, I didn't even realise he was... I thought he was a little guy, but then I saw him popping up in the box from a corner. So he's no, got... he's got a tall, languid... Yeah, he's got a very head-down... He's tall, but he's got like a head-down style where he just sort of yeah. torpedoes. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk you off that one. I would maybe wait to see on, on Pinnock. I don't know if the full extent of his injury has been released yet. You might be able to advise me otherwise, Look, But I think um, if, if he is going to be out and you need captaincy coverage... Then Livermento is a good a good pick for me. Yeah, I agree. If he's only got budget for that price, I don't particularly like Pinnock moving forward. I think right now was a bad time to lose him. They've got a really good run, so he could have done fine. To be fair, and to be fair, he has been doing well. And I do have a tendency to even underestimate the players that that bracket, like I did with Livermento. But I think, um, given the fact he also offers the captain days, yeah, Livermento is an absolutely fine pick and. I think he'll continue to chip in with the assists and goals. And Southampton are obviously a very efficient side this season so far. I mean, it, we, we've known this to change with Southampton quite a lot. But certainly at the moment, every game they go into, you're looking at them trying to win sort of 1-0, 2-1. So I think the odd surprise clean sheet could still happen as well. And if they happen on those single match days, you know, I mean, could, would anyone be surprised if Southampton win 1-0 and Livermento got the assist or the goal? I mean, I don't think anyone would at the moment. So fair enough. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. They've been really impressive this season, for sure. Um, okay. Rattling through these questions. There's quite a lot of them, so we'll, we'll keep going. So we've got FPL Hambone, and he's asking... He's got two questions. Uh, so first the first question is... I'll ask them both at the same time. With Rhea sadly out, is way more the obvious Brentford option for the single game day? Injury permitting, obviously. Um, he, he also says that all eyes on their backup keeper. Yep, mine too. Um, and... The second question is: It time to shoehorn Telemans into our midfields? So, do you want to take the first question about Embuemo? I can't find him on my screen. Just repeat it for me, because I was trying to find it while you were saying. Sorry, say it again. Okay, I'll read it again. So, uh, with Rhea sadly out, is Embuemo the obvious Brentford option for the single game day? Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one is: Is it time to shoehorn Telemans into our midfields? He's beasting it, to quote. Yeah, he certainly is, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think Mbomo, assuming he's fit, is is the obvious pick just because he, he provides a solution as well to a terrible midfield at the moment. I still think given the option, Tony, I'd probably slightly prefer Tony, like if you could just give me a straight fight between the two, and he is also excellent value. Um, but generally we like those forward sorts. I know they've not been doing much at the moment, but I think that will change eventually, I'm hoping anyway. They'll start actually returning some points other than Salah. <clears throat> and yeah. Telemans, I think we mentioned last last week, when I made my perfect and in inverted commas midfield, he was actually left out of it. But it was he was one of the other names along with Bruno Fernandez. I'd consider putting in there if you were going to spend some more money. And he's again gone and scored. He's just a great sky pick, and he has been for a number of seasons. He just picks up points in all areas, you know, tackles, shots on target. He occasionally gets passes, man of the match, takes penalties when Vardy's not on the pitch. Sometimes. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, he's a great pick, and I wish I had him. So if you can get him in there, uh, I don't hate it at all, and I think it's, it's a good pick. So by all means, go ahead. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he's highest scoring midfielder in the game, I think. So Yeah, I think you're right, actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he is by a mile. So yeah, he's one of those players that, for some reason, I always overlook. I think he just, I think he just feels a little bit expensive for midfielders where you're trying to, you're trying to save the money. But yeah. I mean, people, if you look how many people own Rafinha versus how many own Tielemans, and they're about the same price. Now Rafinha is a great option, but Tielemans has been has been absolutely out of this world. So yeah, yeah I think uh, basically the difference between I think the likes of us and a lot of the teams who are in that top 100 is that they've had Tielemans yeah, since you're the probably right. and he's been, he's been rolling in the points. So yeah, agree, Tielemans. Uh, I, I don't know if it's time to shoehorn him in. That's the question. I'd maybe bring him in when you when you you know when an opportunity presented itself, but I wouldn't I would I wouldn't I wouldn't take out someone who you plan on keeping to, to bring him in. Um and Embuemo, yeah, I, I actually think Embuemo's I'm probably saying it wrong, but he, um he I think is the is a really good option still. I know a lot of people brought him in at the weekend and he got picked up a knock and went off. He also had a one-on-one chance that he just put wide like he, I really hope for those who have brought him in, he's not one of those players who just for, does everything but score points. Yeah. Which if you look at the number of points he's scored so far this season, he's hit the post more than anyone else. He's had great chances. He looks dangerous, but he's not returning. So hopefully for owners, he recovers from his injury before the weekend and uh, and, and starts to deliver on the, the promise and performances that he's putting in. Definitely. Um, okay, so uh, Ben... Uh, Dream Team Tonic, he simply asks, Matip, keep or sell? What do you think? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean, he's in a similar boat to Christensen, I guess. They're very similar players. You know, they're... I don't know they don't play the same system as in a back four and a back five, but they're almost the second best centre-back in the in their respective teams, and both do well for passing. Both are pretty good for clean sheets, and they're both around the same price. They've also, I mean, Matt, more, in more in Matip's case, they've got histories with injuries as well. <clears throat> so I'm keeping Christensen so I feel like I can't really advise anyone else to say you need to get rid of Matip um, so I think you can keep him the The thing is he's not given us an alternative right and that's the key question for me it's who who are you actually selling him for and what's the move you're making um, you know if your budget is around the same price for example I, I would probably just stick with Matip for a while and, and at least see whether he's going to be dropped out because obviously they signed this Canati Blake for a lot of money and then he played the Manchester United game now is that a one-off game or is he just slowly getting integrated in the squad I don't know but my point is with a few more weeks you might have some more information and the worst case scenario you might miss out on like 10-15 points or something while you get that information so I yeah. would I would probably just keep for now um, yeah and Matic may decide this for you right I just mentioned his injury record at any point the guy could break down and then you'll obviously have the option to sell him then yeah, I agree with you totally. Um, I think he's clearly been really good this season, Matip, and I'm surprised to see him benched for Kanate. I think Kanate was inevitably at some point going to come in, given he spent decent money on him, and he's he's pretty highly respected and regarded as a player. But um, Matip started tonight in the cup. Well, he's, I think he went off early at halftime, probably just you know, keep his legs fresh. But... Um, yeah, interesting one to watch. I mean, if Kanate does take his place, I think he could be a good option going forward as well because he is a you know, Liverpool defence do 
like to pass the ball around at times. So uh, and they're keeping clean sheets, so he could be he could be a good option. And if you are going to move away from Matip, there's another guy who I think's gone way under the radar so far this season. Uh, Laporte. So Laporte's only owned by something like four percent of the top one thousand, and he's scored more than Diaz. I think he's the joint third highest point scoring defender in the mm. game. Uh, and and again, looking at the team tonight for Man City, John Stones <clears> is playing in the cup, so it looks like he's on the wrong side of rotation. Uh, and Laporte's going to be playing in the league. So, um, yeah, Andrew yeah. Morton actually says that as well in one of the questions there, just to preempt you. So he says, "I have Diaz, but would Laporte be a better option as Diaz isn't picking up bonus as regular as before, and it would free up some funds?" So he's thinking of going Diaz to Laporte. That is luxury. I do think Laporte is a great option. I mean, he's, I suppose, again, he's similar to the Massive and Christensen where he's the the less nailed of the of the back two and he also is slightly injury prone. <clears throat> but this season, he's clearly preferred and he's playing every game and I don't think he's been dropped at all in the league yet, if I, I think that's correct. I don't think he's missed a single game. I could, I could be wrong, but I think when Man City rested against Burnley... If I remember rightly, it was Walker and Diaz and Grealish were the three that missed out from sort of their main team. So I think you can go Laporte. The question will always be later on when they really are smashing the Champions League, will he start giving Laporte and Diaz a little bit of a rest to give Ake and thingy? But I think that's so far down the line, you don't need to worry. And yeah, across Christmas, you know, games have come thick and fast. Maybe he misses out one, but yeah. Again, it is similar to the other guys. I think Laporte's a great pick. It, I'd argue, even though he costs a little bit more, he's he's actually far better than Christensen and Matip in my mind. Yeah, I mean, he could be the the move that I make from from Christensen if it looks like he's going to be done. Hmm. Um, all right, let's let's move on to the next question. Uh, FPL Queen is asking: uh, Brentford may have an easier looking run of fixtures coming up, but do you think it's wise to double up or even triple up on players for them? Um, I'm going to take this one first. I, I think I'm not sure it's worth a double up or a triple up. I don't know what positions you would do. So you could maybe do Tony and Embuemo, but that feels a bit heavy. Um, and I think defensively there are probably better options at the more premium end to to avoid having two. You know, bargain basement defenders. I just don't think are going to be value in comparison to like you've talked about Cancelo, Chilwell, Rudiger, um, Diaz, Laporte, Aspilicueta, um, Matt. Talked about Matip, Van Dijk. You know, there's so many options, Trent. So I think if you're going to double up, it would need to be maybe one defender and one midfielder. But I, I don't think I would do it. I think I'd get a player in. They've got a captaincy game coming up. I think one is one is probably enough. Uh, the challenge will be. Who that one is, I think a lot have gone to Blamo. Um, a lot would have had Rea, he's now obviously out, and that may affect the defense. Um, so yeah, I, I think personally wouldn't wouldn't double or triple up, but I can see some merit in doing so because they are cheap and they are good value. I just think defensive spots are 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 so precious, and I, I don't think I'd want to do that with two defenders. Yeah, totally agree. They're, they're great cheap prices. They're obviously a pretty damn good team on the evidence we've got so far. About to go into a great fixture run. Mbomo and Tony double up could could be fabulous over these five, six games. Personally, I think the defender spots are too precious, like like Niall says there. I think there's just far better options in City, Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. And even the likes of my our mate Webster, who's also a cheaper neighbour, I still actually prefer him just sort of long term. So 
yeah, one's absolutely fine for me, um, but I could understand maybe going for two just over this good fixture one at least. Great. Okay, so moving on. FPL Dave uh, is saying he has 35 transfers left. He's got zero in the bank uh, and he wants to transfer Markal out. Um, so it sounds like he's got a good transfer number and he also says that he's considering a, a, a triple transferred mini overhaul. Nice. And he's he's just the, the thousandth in the world, so that's pretty good going. So, um, yeah, Markal, would you keep, would you sell? And options around 6.4 million if you wanted to kind of help him save um, spending multiple transfers on a move. What do you think? Yeah, that's tricky without having looked at it myself and played around. But I think Markel's got to go, personally. I don't really like Wolves long term. I know their fixtures are okay, but it's more Markel. He had a history of being very injury prone and he's actually survived pretty well till now. But now it's just happened again. Uh, and when he's playing, apart from the old tackle bonus he was picking up, I don't think he offers that much anymore. I think he's, yeah, I do think he's a sell. However, I don't really like that price point. You haven't really got anything you can do with that money. So you probably have to get rid of him. I brought up his team here. He's got Saka and Grealish in midfield. I'm not sure. I mean, they're, they're better than the cheapies I've got, potentially, but they, they're probably not as good a value as the guys I've got. So I think probably one of those may be down to the Mbomo. Uh, at giving you a bit more money to play with that defender spot is probably the play. As to how much money you have left doing that depends on who you move out, etc., and, and, and where yeah. you got the bank. But that's probably what I'd look at, and then maybe see if I can get that Markel spot up to at least a Webster. But then maybe beyond that, and looking at the likes of, I mean, Laporte is obviously the ideal one. I think, like you mentioned, I think him and Cancelo are the two that are sort of stand out as missing from your team as potential. I'd try and force yeah. force that if you can, because I think. They're just far better options than Grealish, right? So although it's painful to do it and Grealish could do fine home to Palace, I think the defenders are just better picks than Grealish over the season. Yeah, I mean, looking at the options, I think the only player there that I would maybe think about moving to, just to save the transfers, right? Not having to make multiple moves. You can get uh, Pontus Janssen from Brentford to 6.2 and looks like a real threat from set pieces and they've got good fixtures. He might be someone you consider. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pity that you're just a little bit short of the likes of, as you say, Webster or even Livermental, who's really cheap too. So, um, I think there's a Watford yeah. lad, by the way, in midfield. I can't remember his name. I think he's around six points. Yeah, who's been picking up tackle bonus. I think it's like quite a lot of the games, actually. Um, so maybe yeah, he can get score. to him. Yeah, so I think he's picked it up like 50% of the time. I'd, I'd take a look there just in case. Obviously, their games are horrendous. Um, and they've got a new manager, so anything can happen. But if you just want to, don't want to, yeah, like Niall says, want to keep the transfers and just want another filler player, he, he could serve that purpose, I guess. Mm, good show. And I guess, you know, horrendous games aren't necessarily a bad thing if you're uh, no, yeah. a dependent on tackles. So, yeah, not not bad show. So, yeah, I think he's 6.5. So, um, maybe a little bit just too expensive, I'm afraid, for a... Oh, has he got nothing in the bank? Day. Oh, he's got nothing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, oh, ignore that. But, but no, a good a good option, I'm sure, for others to consider. Um, okay, so let's move on. Andrew Morton is asking... Oh, yeah, we talked about this. Done him, yeah, <laughs> I skipped ahead, yeah. has the as we do the port. Yeah, okay, uh, covered that. Thanks for your question, Andrew. Um, okay, so Neil SkyFF21 is asking, at what point in the season would you start to take risks with your team, such as going slightly away from the template to try and gain rank? Um, 
after the second overhaul or would you let your rank decide for you? That's a good, good, good question. Um, I'm going to defer this one to you. Sorry, Luke, you can, you can go first. <laughs> um, I don't really like taking risks in Sky just because of the limited transfers that you get. And then if it goes wrong, you have to fix it by using another one. So generally, when I take risks, it would more be about going against a popular captain on a particular day. Uh, let's say this week, for example, you've and Rafinha's fit. Rafinha will be the obvious captain versus Norwich, and then you've got Antonio playing as well, right? So you could maybe pick Antonio over Rafinha uh, in the later stages, and you know, as long as he's a good pick, which Antonio is, he could easily outscore him. But you're still going to be, um, you know, in the minority by going there. So that's the way that I would use risk. And to be honest. Yeah, rank does trigger to, trigger it to an extent because you have to obviously differentiate yourself towards the back end when everyone would be doing the obvious stuff at the top. But I don't think you need to even start doing that, you know, until right near the end. And obviously, it depends on your goals as well. That's something I should mention. I mean, if it's if it's literally because you're targeting a mini league, then um, you know it's especially helpful if they've got their team open. You can then obviously play it tactically. But if not, I think you just leave it until right near the end. If you're like literally you know, 10k right now, miles away and, and don't care, then fair enough. The, you want to look for those high potential players that, that no one ever touches. So Havertz was a good example this week, right? I mean, it didn't work out, but he was a, a player who had the potential to score two or three goals in a fixture where not a lot of people had him. Foden's another one, for example, that a lot of people won't touch in Sky simply because he's quite expensive and they won't be sure that he plays. He's a player you could get in to get ahead of people, I think. So there's there's a few options. I generally tend to stay away from them. And Chilwell's another one that you got recently, actually. People won't touch him because they'll be scared about uh, the rotation there. But maybe targeting some of those guys is another is another angle. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Not all, you know, not all risks are equal. I think there are educated risks and there are punts. <laughs> and punts can work. We've seen that in the past. But I think, you know, an educated gamble, would the one you've given is the one I took at the weekend with Chilwell thought he was going to be on the right side of the rotation and he's got good games. So yeah, there's a big element of risk with it, um, but it paid off in that individual day and hopefully will continue to for a little while, um, although maybe at some point there'll, be, there'll need to be a transfer down the line. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I don't really like the, like the notion of risk-taking and throwing caution to the wind. I just I think until until after the overhaul, you just play your own game. Yeah, you pick the team that you think's the best. You captain the players that you think's the best. Um, I'm not. I've never been one for kind of going with the crowd just for the sake of it. Um, no, but the crowd will generally pick the same as you, right? If you're picking the yeah, right players, yeah. that's exactly what you mean, isn't it? In- inevitably, that will happen. But I think make the decisions for yourself. If you think, that, yeah, you think they're on merit. There's a, a player who's a better captaincy option than the one who the majority are captaining. You may have a player that others don't and you think that's a great game for him versus um, someone else. Not Salah, though. Maybe maybe try not to do that with Salah, but he can really hurt you. But, um, yeah, and and sometimes it'll pay off, sometimes it won't, but at least you've you've made the decision for yourself and you won't won't be coming out with any regrets if you've... No, exactly. Rather than just going with other people. And last week I did actually touch on it where... We've got a situation coming up in December where we're going to want to try and cover a lot of the captains and people are going to be having the likes of Ronaldo and Kane um, because Spurs and, and Man United are arguably quite needed for some of those. Well, if you go Son and Bruno Fernandes, they're equally as good and some may argue even better and probably will be less less likely to be picked. So that's another way to differentiate slightly 
and um, obviously if your guy goes off and theirs doesn't then you're going to gain massively in rank so yeah the educated gambles across the way um, are okay it, and yeah Jotter example is another player similar to the Foden and stuff where we don't, you're not always sure they're going to play, but when they do, they they return massive points. I'm sure you know. I know uh, Neil. Sorry, I can barely talk at the moment because of this bloody COVID. Neil Sky FF21 is an actual good player, so he knows all this stuff as well, and I'm sure he will. Uh, he'll be able to work out which ones are worth taking and which ones are not. And ultimately, you need a little bit of luck across the way, right? Yeah, cool. Top man, Neil. Thanks for the question. Okay, let's move on to Julian Wardle. Um, Julian is asking. So many injuries coming in week after week. Yep, tell us about it. Uh, and having used more than the ideal number of transfers, do you advise maybe holding my nerve now and going with a nine-player max scenario for perhaps a few weeks as there are going to be issues down the line where safe transfers could prove key? Oh, well, I mean, I've been... I'll give you my, my experience of recent weeks. I've been playing with a, a nine-player max scenario every week, but it's not been intentional. I've not... <laughs> I've not taken a strategy to, to, to do that, but it's been happening because my players keep getting rotated and injured. Um, so, yeah, I think that there is there, there is merit in taking a cool head, make, making sure that you're not chucking transfers at something that you don't need to. But I, I would say if your team, you know, if you've got players in there who are injured and they're going to be out for a few weeks and you're play, you know you're going to be playing with nine men before you even step into the game week, then I think that I think the value in making a transfer is, is there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I would always make the transfer if I knew I was going to be without a player for at least three or four weeks. I it's, think it's, an, it's an individual basis, isn't it? That's the thing. It's hard to judge unless who the player is and who you're bringing in. I mean, and Bomo is a good example this week, right? If it come, we're doing this before the press conferences. If he comes out and says he's going to miss a week or even two weeks, I think he's still a good hold option. And it's oh, yeah. annoying he misses two weeks, <clears throat> but I think. He's a, yeah, he's a decent hold option, so I would probably just leave that and I wouldn't waste a transfer there. Um, whereas there are other players, you know, if Salah gets injured for three weeks, I'm not having £13 million. I know I'd want Salah back even, but I'd probably just get rid of him and bring in another forward, for example, or another top-tier defender for three weeks. You could hit me 30 points in that one week and then go back again. So, yeah, each one an individual scenario for me, um, which is a bit of a cop-out answer, but um, you, you just kind of have to look at your players and think, you know, what... What's the best case scenario here? Like, if I transfer this guy from, you know, even the Brentford one earlier to the to the Liveramento, you know, that's where I start to question it already because of the price brackets there and whether it will actually be worth it. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And you know, we've seen examples in the past of players who others have transferred out. I think only to be punished by them, uh, but because a lot of people held. And I think an example this week, and I'm not going to jinx him I'll try not to I'm touching wood but Rafinha obviously picked up the knock a lot of people shipped him on the, the day after on Sunday yeah. and it, going by press conferences it looks like he's got a chance of playing at the weekend I'd imagine you'd be quite sick if you've moved him on to someone else only for him to then play against Norwich and, and deliver a haul so yeah I think if there's a chance your player is going to be back fit and it's a 50-50 it, it's I'd always be tempted to hold because you never know, you could end up coming out on that the wrong the wrong side. And even if it's yeah. a 50 50, chances are they're only going to be out for one or one or maximum two games, as you said. Okay. Um, Brookie is asking any options worth bringing in for the Wolves, Everton, and Southampton Villa captain days, as he doesn't have anyone at the moment. 
He's considering Jimenez for Sar and dumping after Wolves play Norwich. And Liveramento was a placement replacement for Duffy. What do we think? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to give a quick, quick answer. So my view is I do think Liveramento could be a decent enough replacement for Duffy. I think no one knows if Duffy's time is up yet. He didn't play, obviously, at the weekend. He did get toward the shreds though I mean to expect that but I'd, I'd probably hold Duffy for another week if it's if he's benched again then it looks like he's on balance probably not going to come back into the team with Webster also back so I think at that point I would maybe move him on um, and again Liverpool's around the same price probably just wait and do it on the Friday night I know it's not the ideal way we don't like doing that but if Duffy's going to be out the team then I think it's justified so yeah I, I would I'd fancy that um, and I don't have anyone either for the Wolves-Everton game, and I'm not planning on bringing anyone in. I just I don't really see great appeal in either team, maybe Everton slightly more so, but their fixtures are absolutely horrific after that Wolves game. So I, I, I don't see anyone there. The only player I'm thinking about is uh, Huang for Wolves, who scored again at the weekend. He's the only one that maybe will turn my head but I'd probably require an injury to, to make the punt. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, Wolves-Everton, given Everton's performance last week, you would think that Wolves are now odds-on to score a couple of goals in that game just because they were so bad at the back. But Sometimes these things go the other way, right, where that'll be all they've been focusing on for the whole week and they'll, they'll come into that game, you know, we're going to keep a clean sheet this week, lads. You just don't, you just don't know, right? They could, they could sort that out. Um, and Wolves are hardly known for scoring a, boat, a boatload of goals. So I think if you would offer me right now Jimenez on a plate or or even Huang, um, obviously I'd have I'd take them and I'd captain them, but I don't really like them f- past that really. Um, and same for you with Everton. Their fixtures are so bad that I wouldn't want them either. So I'll be skipping as well. Um, Huang is interesting though, being the midfielder, obviously pretty much playing up front, slightly on the right maybe, but 7.8 million. Uh, my only worry with him is they have just still got, and I mention it all the time, a lot of those players who are fighting for those positions on the side. And I just think, although he's doing very well at the moment, he has actually scored from about four shots on target. I think he's got like four or five goals in four or five shots on target, <clears throat> which is obviously a bit lucky. Um, and then you've got, you know, Podence, you've got Neto, you've you've got Traore, you've got uh, Trincao from Barcelona. You've got a lot of players there where if his levels drop a little bit, he will be out, which is what happens the other way around, right? The other guy's levels dropped and then Hwang came in and he started performing. So I feel like it's not a dead set that he, he will just continue in that team. So it, yeah, it comes with an element of risk and that's why for now at least I can justify to myself not getting him. Don't get me wrong. If this guy starts every single week and just keeps scoring, even if it's from one shot on target every single week, then he'll have to come in because none of the midfielders around that price are even doing anything anyway. But um, I'm not going to be using a transfer on it myself. Uh, this week at least. Very thorough answer. That's, I hope, hope you appreciate it. Rookie, uh, right, so SB's back in again. He's asking about Lorente, captain against Norwich, if Rafinha is injured, keeping Aubameyang or ditching Aubameyang for VVD slash Diaz for a double up on those respective defences. So, first of all, I think if you've, if you've got Lorente in your team already and... If Rafinha doesn't play, then yeah, I probably would just captain him. Just take whatever points he gets and move and move on. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Make a transfer and then on Aubameyang. Yeah, I think 
ditching him eventually for Van Dyke or Diaz, I think it's a good shout. Um, there's probably some merit still in, in holding him for a little while. Um, again, if it's a move you don't need to make, then maybe at this point in time, waiting until there's a, a good opportunity with the fixtures. Yeah. Uh, I think looking, looking next, not this weekend, but next weekend, there's a, um, I think you've got Liverpool playing on the Sunday, whereas, uh, no way, Arsenal always play, also play on the Sunday. Sorry. So, yeah, so basically looking for an opportunity where you can make that move that you gain the extra fixture, I think, would be important. Um, and I think, personally, I'll be looking towards the 21st of November when Man City play Everton at home to maybe take Aubameyang out and bring in a Man City player. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think, because um, I've got Aubameyang myself as well, and I'm weighing this up, because I have actually got money to go to, to a Man City defender. I think I've already got Diaz in that team, actually. Maybe not, I can't remember. But either way, it would be Cancelo if I don't have him. And I do think probably the Man City player outscores Aubameyang over the course of it, just because I'm always a fan of those defenders at the back who get the clean sheets and the bonus. He probably does. But Aubameyang does offer a couple of alternative captains occasionally, and even at coming up, they've got a captain day. So... It's not 100% confirmed because obviously Aubameyang could just go massive in the games that that matter as captain and suddenly he he becomes the higher scorer. So always for me when it's like this close and you're undecided, I generally just stick with whichever one I'm on because there'll usually be a problem later on or something where I'll need to use a transfer. The way injuries are going at the moment, Aubameyang could get injured, someone else could get injured or whatever and therefore you can kind of... The tactical swaps are nice but I just I think using too many of them is... It, you know, can backfire on you. So I'd stick with whichever side you're on. But if you give me a straight choice, I think Diaz probably does outscore Aubameyang. But is it by enough to make the transfer? I don't know. I'm not sure because the games are pretty good. Pro- probably is. Probably is. Probably may- maybe I'm giving Aubameyang too much credit after what he just did the last couple of games. But they've got a home game against Watford coming up shortly. I mean, their defence is pretty poor. And Ranieri, since he- I know it's very short term in terms of how long Ranieri's been there. But I think him playing that sort of almost gung-ho style lends itself to a striker maybe hitting a brace or three goals in a game maybe so um, yeah I'd be tempted to hold for a little bit and like Niall says just look for maybe an opportunity after the next two or three weeks of information hopefully you'll you'll know whether Aubameyang is a hold or not really because he actually got moved out (coughs) sorry excuse me he got moved out to the left wing didn't he Um, to to put Lacazette up top so if that starts happening or he starts rotating the front three um, then there's no there's no debate yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Aubameyang look, he's looked pretty electric in the last few games. He's looked decent, isn't it? Yeah, he's been, he's, his movement's been better. He's getting around the pitch more. He looks like his intensity levels are higher. Uh, I don't know if there's something, maybe he just wasn't fit before or he's particularly fit now or something's changed in his head, but he, he looks like he's working really hard. And I think it was, it, when he looks like, when he looks invisible, he tends to do nothing. Like, obviously, he's not the kind of striker who, like a Vardy who, pops up with one touch in the game and, and scores. He does seem to be the kind of guy that needs to be involved in the play. Um, and when he when he looks good on the eye, he tends to return well with points. So I'm quite impressed with how he looks. And with other fires to put out in my team, he's probably going to stay for a little while, like like you're planning on doing. Okay, uh, Gordon Bell is um, saying that Antonio with a tough run, run of games coming up, um, is it worth hanging on to him on the off chance of a return here or there? Or should he make a move to Telemans or someone similarly priced? Um, my view again would be Antonio's a decent enough option. I'd probably classify that as a luxury transfer. Uh, what What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I'd hold Antonio, and even when he gets injured, move him to Telemans if if you want to, and it makes sense at that point. I, I 
I'd only be looking at those that 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 strikes me as the kind of transfer where you could easily backfire. You know, you could use that swap and Antonio could outscore Tielemans over the next three or four games quite easily. You know, the fixtures won't necessarily matter too much, I think, for West Ham. I think they're a, a very good side at the moment and I think nearly every game they're playing in is, is kind of hard fought either way. You know, even against the lesser teams and the higher teams, they're sort of in the mix and it's only by the odd goal here or there. They're sort of managing games pretty well. So I think Antonio could easily still score in those games. Yeah, and I noticed that you said when he gets injured, not if he gets injured. That's the, yeah. the words of a man who's been burned by Antonio before. So there we go. Um, yeah, inevitably he probably will get injured at some point. But uh, at the moment, he's he's fit and scoring goals. So, uh, okay. So Chelsea is asking, sim- quite simply, Christensen to Chilwell, question mark. What do you think? I think you should answer that because you... You didn't get rid of Christensen, but you got Chilwell, right? I, I've got yeah, I've got Christensen, and I'm I'm holding. Obviously, in a straight fight, I pick Chilwell all day. But I, whether it's a transfer or not, mm. uh, yeah, it's iffy. I mean, Alonso to Chilwell, I think for me was justified. But Christensen, I I I'm tempted to wait and see what the press conference says if there's going to be one that, uh, before the end. Of, well, there will be one before the end of the week. Hear, hear what they say on that if it's you know if he's going to be out again and you don't know what's going to happen with rotation okay maybe but I do I do still see the, the values of holding him as we spoke about at the start so it's, no, more, it's, it's more sorry to interrupt it's more to do with the fact that Chilwell although he has been scoring I think four in a row is not going to score every single week no. and he doesn't even seem to be offering too many assists right because they don't seem to be scoring a lot of goals from crosses to a centre forward um, you know even when Lukaku was there it wasn't working <laughs> Uh, so um, Christensen will outscore Chilwell most games that they start together I would have thought essentially unless Chilwell scores a goal Um, so yeah I don't think it's even dead cert that Chilwell will outscore Christensen it's more about the game time with him obviously as we've seen yep spot on so yeah I think for now I'd leave it Um, but that was the advice on Alonso a couple of weeks ago and we left it we waited until we had more information the information presented itself and I think it, it was clear that a move was needed. I'm not sure that we're at that stage yet with Christensen, but maybe that's just me being blind and mm. being, being, having blind faith. Uh, okay, so final question is from regular listener Tom SkyFF. Uh, Tom is asking, oh, he's, he's saying he's also getting annoyed with Christensen. <laughs> Give us a break, guys. Um, he's asking... Uh, would we keep him or move him on? We've answered that, but he's also saying he has gone with Ings. Now, do we think he's worth holding because he's covering captaincies, um, especially if Rafinha's out? So what do you think of Danny Ings? If you had him just now, I'm guessing you'd be holding him through to at least the, the captaincy games that he's got. Yeah, because he's made the commitment now. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of moving to the Villa option, um, but yeah, that's no good to you now, is it? So I would... I'd hold it because, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of people will probably bring in a Villa option um, because I think they've got a three for one over most teams coming up anyway, uh, if you if you include that captain. So, yeah, I, I would hold him and then reassess. Um, you know, it is what it is. He could easily, it's Danny Ings at the end of the day. He's He's got a ridiculous goal scoring record and it wouldn't surprise us at all that he just suddenly starts scoring or he gets penalties again um, and knocks a few in and gets shots on target bonus as well. So I'd hold. Great. Okay, well, that's that's all the questions. Um, so I guess we've just got to talk about what our plans are for this weekend. So mine is very simple. 
Um, Salah will be captain on Saturday. I think when I looked at the fixtures originally, I thought, well, Brighton are pretty solid. Not an easy game. Man City are playing Palace. Chelsea are playing Newcastle. But I don't think there's anyone who stands out shoulders above Salah and the form the guy's in, I'm not going to be going anywhere else. So, sadly, it's a boring captain for me on Saturday. But, um, yeah, now that I bet you're delighted that you finally brought him back in for this game. I know you thought you'd missed out against Watford, but um, in the other team, but, you know, he was, he's absolutely essential with a capital E. Um, Sunday, I'll be going for Rafinha if he plays. Hopefully he does. Uh, and if not, then I guess panic. Um, it's Antonio, isn't it? It's Antonio. Oh, you've not got him. Not got Antonio anymore. I, I took him out for Aubameyang. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit worried if uh, if Rafinha doesn't start. And then Monday, I mean, if Rafinha doesn't start, this could be a really horrible weekend because I've got nobody on Monday either. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully your weekend's shaping up to be better than that. But uh, I mean, yeah, nothing to add. It'll be Salah. I mean, a Man City home to Palace is, is, is any other week. I'll be like, yeah you know, Captain Diaz or whatever. But I said before, we don't get to see the lineups for Man City. I captained Diaz already this season and he didn't play. Uh, and that's when Salah went mental as well, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, so uh, that won't be happening again. It will be Salah. It will be Rafinha on Sunday, assuming he plays. If he doesn't play, luckily I've got Antonio. To be honest, yeah, I'm not sure what you'll do on that then. I, I, I would be tempted to maybe just skip it entirely rather than bring in another Leeds option or or Antonio, and just pray, because Villa-West Ham's not not set as to which team's going to win that, right? And even Leeds at the moment, if they are missing Rafinha, they're missing half their team, so as bad as Norwich are, I don't know whether they'd even manage to get a result in that game. I honestly don't know what that would be. I could think it could end up being 0-0 or 1-0 either way. And then I won't have anyone for Wolves-Everton either, so yeah, it's not gonna, I'm going to have to have a, a bloody good Saturday like you, basically. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the aim, anyway. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. I think... So I do have coverage. I've got still holding. I'm still holding the old trusty El Ganusi, um, who's going to cover the Friday captaincy next week. But if I didn't have him, probably bring in a Villa player because I'd be getting a captain on the Sunday and a captain on the Friday from nothing. Yeah, I think that's um, going to be a popular. I mean, that's what I meant about the three for one actually. So if you yeah. go, if you move to a Villa player now, you obviously get the Sunday, then you get the double versus Southampton on the Friday before then you can switch back to any other player. So although it's two fixtures, it's essentially three for one with the captains that you could do. So I think quite a lot of people will be doing that. Yeah. And I think that'd probably be a decent move. The problem is Villa options. There's not a great, no, no, there's no one who really stands out as being the best option apart from probably Martinez, but Mm. Martinez is in a straight shootout with Mendy and there's only one winner from that. So yeah, it's a tricky, a tricky one. Um, And there's also rumors that, the, the formation isn't the five at the back formation isn't working for Villa and there might be might be some chance that they'll revert back to a four. Uh, if they do that, then who, who you know what personnel miss out and who comes back in. Um so yeah, I think that could be quite tricky. So hopefully Rafinha starts and we don't have to worry about any of that. No. Can't, can't... I'm gonna float something past you. Let's say Rafinha doesn't start and Sometimes when they don't start, they get asked, right? And he might then say, similar to Bamford, I guess, that was we thought was only going to be a little while. And then he says, oh, he's out for months or whatever. Let's say hypothetically he says Rafinha's out and he's not going to be back for eight weeks or something stupid like that. I might be tempted to move to Bailey. Now, I don't know whether he'll even start that game, which makes it a massive risk. But because he's a midfielder around the same price, you could get ahead of the curve 
It looks good maybe for the West Ham game. I don't know whether a captain. I'm probably still captain Antonio just because I wouldn't be sure he'd play. But then you potentially have Bailey in for Friday against Southampton. And the only reason I'd consider him is, like you said, I don't really like any Villa options. But with Bailey, I would probably be prepared to chance him for a little while, considering how good he's looked when he's actually played. Yeah, I, I like that. We've talked about him before. I think eager for him to finally get to fitness and, and start playing games because he could he could be a really good option. Um, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what I'd do. I'll maybe post an update on Twitter <laughs> on Sunday. If, you, if you're, yeah, if, if Rafinha doesn't start, I'll, I'll put something up on Twitter on Sunday and I'll, I'll let people know my thoughts. But I think at the moment, at the moment, I'm just ignoring the prospect of Rafinha being injured and all eyes on him. He's going to play and just I think he will. I think he will. Yeah. At least by the noise we've been told so far, it's looking good. Whether he lasts 90 minutes or not is another question the way he's been going at the moment. But there we go. Right, I think that's it then, Now We're going to wrap it up there. Thanks a lot, Thanks a lot for your questions, guys. Um, yeah, really appreciate them, like I said. As usual, a nod to the members there at the end. Um, get yourself involved. Get yourself signed up to the site. Use that ticker. Use the uh, stats which help prepare for... Um, you know, which opponents are conceding passes to the other teams. You know, give you the option to... Even when in the future Captain DS over Salah like me in a master stroke and then they're not turn up. No, I'm sure it'll go better than what I did. Uh, we shall catch you on the next one. Bye. See you, everyone.